God's word. Let us turn to Genesis chapter 21, verse 33. Abraham, so verse 33. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. And then let us turn to John chapter 3, 16. Many of us know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his own, one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God is the one who is everlasting. God is the one who is everlasting. God is the one who is everlasting. So beginning from this year, we have been hearing about God who is from the beginning. He who is from the beginning. And that is a theme of this year. And who is the one who is from the beginning? He is the one who is who has eternal life, who lives forever. So from eternity, he is living. And to those who believe in him, what he wants to give them is eternal life. The eternal life that he has. Do you want to receive that? Hallelujah. Our faith is to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And that is very important. John chapter 17, 3. So why do we have to believe in Jesus? And what does it mean to believe in Jesus? Let us know clearly so that the path we walk is not difficult but joyous. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent again. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So our faith is to want eternal life and eternal life is to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. The only true God, the one who is from the beginning so knowing the creator of all things um, and also knowing his son whom he sent is eternal life. So knowing the creator, the maker, the almighty one is only the fundamentals. But we also have to know that the one who is from the beginning, the only true God, sent the son knowing the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Believing and knowing this is what faith is. Now the life of faith for such person. So this is something not pleasant to hear. But it is to lay down everything. To lay down everything. And further take up the cross. And attain eternal life no matter what it takes. So that is what our faith life is. So it is to lay down everything, take up the cross, and obtain eternal life no matter what. And that is what faith life is. And um, the Bible verses I'll be referencing throughout the sermon. So laying down everything and carrying the cross, even if you don't like it, we must. So that we can receive eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Um is the dream and wish of man. So man wants to live longer, a long life without sickness, so disease-free life. So there is a Korean saying, which is something like, 
an acronym that、uh, means to live healthily to the age of 99, sick for two, three days, and then die peacefully. Now, that is what man desires. And for this, there are great efforts being made in the sciences to somehow prolong life、uh, without sickness. So, all kinds of studies are being conducted. There are even cases of blood transfusion of young blood to treat disease and prolong life. Even organ transplants or replacements. And for this, there are even incidents of murder to get those organs and sell them. So, this is to show how much human wants to live longer. So, they also say you can rewrite or manipulate the DNA in genetics to increase one's lifespan. Yes, with these efforts and advancements, you may perhaps live longer. However, I'm sorry, but there is no science that leads us to live forever. Though there are hopes of achieving this, the fact is, is that we have the flesh. From dust it came, and to dust it returns, and that is the principle of creation. So, the Bible records that the longest lived man was 969 years old, but eventually he died. He breathed his last and died at 969. The Bible has records of the genealogy so and so gave birth to so and so and then died, and this is repeated. The cycle repeats. One is born, but eventually he dies. Lived for however many years and then eventually died. However, God does not desire to end with man coming from dust and then returning to dust. That is why, into the man, God breathed his breath of life for the man to become a living being. Genesis 2 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So, into the flesh that was made from dust, he breathed his breath, Ruah, which is the breath of God. And as God is spirit, the breath that comes from him is also spirit. So, when he breathed this into the man, the man became a, a living being. In Hebrew, he is called Adam. Now, the living being, the, the flesh came from dust, so it returns to dust. But as the spirit came from the bosom of God, it must return to God. And that is how God created man. And this is the principle of creation. Isn't that good? That even though the flesh dies, the fact that we have the spirit that does not disappear and lives forever is good. Hallelujah. That's right. So, what does the flesh eat? The flesh eats bread, food to live. The flesh eats bread and food to live. And even if you take nutritional supplements, that may perhaps extend your life, but no one can surpass death. So if the flesh eats to live, the spiritual, the living being also needs to eat to live. The spiritual being, Adam. What does he need to eat? He needs to eat the word that comes from the mouth of God to live. So, while the living being is in the flesh, when he eats the word of God, then the result is eternal life. Isn't that good? So, scientists for years have been 
studying how to prolong life and increase the lifespan, but it's simple. Believe and obey the word of God and you have eternal life. Hallelujah. It's really hallelujah. However, a problem occurred in the Garden of Eden. When Adam was in the garden, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was in the center. And God told him that he can eat of anything in the garden without limitations for the flesh. However, for his spirit, as he is Adam, a, a living being, he must do as instructed. He said, listen to the word of God and live um, and obey that command, which was to not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat. Do not eat. That was the word of God. As long as he ate this word, meaning obeyed this word, then he could live. However, in the garden was the serpent, the devil, who deceived Eve, telling her that even if she eats the fruit, um, even if you eat the fruit, you will not die. And um, uh, God told you not to eat because you will be like God. So Eve then thought, God is bad as he wants eternal life for himself. So she was tempted in this way. So she ate and then her husband Adam ate as well. So as they ate the fruit, they were no longer able to live in the Garden of Eden. They were banished as they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says um, there was a tree of life there. It says he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So as to not allow them to take from the tree of life and live forever, God banished them from the Garden of Eden. So mankind, for a brief moment, they thought they would have eternal life like God, but as a result of sin, they would not be able to obtain it and were banished from the garden and to live the rest of their lives in the world laboring toiling and living off the sweat of their brow to eventually return to dust now time passed mankind multiplied and spread all the things they did in the flesh and blood were so wicked and sinful god could no longer tolerate this and the times reached their fulfillment so there was the great flood so during the time of Noah except for Noah and his family of eight the rest of all mankind were wiped out from the face of the earth not only mankind but all the animals as well and this was the judgment by the great flood Noah by faith built the ark as he was commanded and he saved him and his family do you believe that yes so more years passed and god called moses the israelites were enslaved in egypt and god told moses to lead his people out the reason for this was to lead them to the land promised to their ancestors the land flowing with milk and honey the promised land the promise he made 400 years ago God did not forget and through Moses he would lead them out and fulfill this promise to lead them to the land flowing with milk and honey the land of Canaan 
in the process of leading them out, the people witnessed all sorts of signs and wonders, miracles that were great as they were liberated from Egypt. So when they left Egypt through the Exodus, the Israelites were able to cross the Red Sea on dry land and they survived. So signs and wonders that were unimaginable, that were so grand and spectacular, they experienced and left Egypt. And it was like, wow, just imagine they witnessed the 10 plagues and the last one, which was the death of the firstborn sons and animals on the Passover night. And if they did as God instructed, as God promised, they were spared. So they received so much grace and were in such great shock as they left Egypt that night. And um, and uh, it records that they praised God willingly, but they were led to the wilderness, the desert, and they were like, oh my God. One moment they were singing and praising the Lord in joy, but the next they were like, oh my God, we'd rather die. This was not a place for a man to live as there was no water. And uh, if there was water that they drank, it was bitter. So they started to complain and grumble to Moses, telling him um, that uh, they wanted to go back that you should have left us in Egypt, that it would be better for us to go back to Egypt and be slaves there than die here in the desert, that it would have been better in Egypt where we could eat melons and leek and onion and meat and garlic. So they were very resentful and they grumbled. The reason they were resentful was because their present realities were difficult and the topic of their the content of their resentments was to return to Egypt they yearned they missed Egypt they were saying that it would be better being slaves in Egypt than be there so they longed for the past that they left their lives as slaves in Egypt in other words, they longed for the world. If they had no place to return to, then they wouldn't have complained in this way. But because they had the memory of what their past was like in Egypt, they complained and grumbled. And anyone who did so was not able to pass through the desert and they were fell dead. At one word of complaint or resentment, they were struck dead. So they were like, what are we to eat here and how are we to live so God promised them that he would lead them to the land flowing with milk and honey and until they arrived there they would need food and God provided them food as he promised and as he promised for 40 years every day uh, of course except for the Sabbath manna came down from heaven so this food, that this manna that they had uh, have never seen before, they were provided with during the 40 years in the desert. They were provided with 
one omer of manna, which was a daily portion, daily bread. So anyone who uh, gathered more than an omer for some reason, uh, they had no excess and they were, so they were to just gather just a day's worth so that they would not forget God instructed them um, therefore to take a jar and into the jar put one full omer of manna in it which so they placed the manna in the jar which was then placed in the ark in the sanctuary until they passed through the Jordan River to arrive at the promised land, God continued to keep his promise uh, of manna, providing the manna. So when did the manna cease? So let us look at Joshua 5.12, how exact uh, this is. So Joshua 5.12, so verse 12, the manna stopped the day after they ate this fruit from the land there was no longer any manna for the Israelites but that year they ate the produce of Canaan so they crossed the Jordan River and arrived in the land of Canaan and they um, uh, they were still provided daily bread manna until until they ate the produce of the land in Canaan so until they were able to provide food for themselves, um, they were giving, given manna. So as we just read, the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. And this was to mean that God would provide them with daily bread and they were not to worry. And finally, uh, they uh, they experienced those who survived they and arrived at the land they experienced eating the produce they harvested from the land so let us have the same experience amen hallelujah God instructed them um, to build the tabernacle and in the most holy place was the ark which reminded them of the promises of God and inside the ark was the gold jar of manna the jar of manna the jar was to remind them that their ancestors in the wilderness in the desert were provided manna every day by God and this was what they were to remember so it says so in Deuteronomy 8 14 to 18 it says so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So what was the covenant that he swore to their ancestors, to the people of Israel in Egypt? He promised them that he would lead them to the promised land, the, the land flowing with milk and honey, and this land promised to their ancestors he would give them. And this was fulfilled this day as they saw this promise fulfilled as they arrived at the land of Canaan already. So by placing the jar of manna in the ark in the temple, it was to remind them of this promise that he fulfilled to the generations. Amen. So you must eat to live. You must eat to live. Amen. No matter how long you can fast, maybe uh, 
40 days, 100 days. Eventually, though, a man needs to eat to live. And God knows that, that the flesh needs to eat to live. So he provided them with manna in the desert. He provided them manna in the desert for 40 years and also allowed them to eat the produce of the land of Canaan. Amen? Amen. Now this would be fulfilled to this day and to know that and remember that. Amen. So Israel, they complained and grumbled and so were struck dead. They were like, uh, we're sick and tired of this manna. We we want meat. We're, we were not vegetarian, so God gave them quail meat. But while the meat was still stuck between their teeth, they were struck dead. So they did eat meat as they wished, but they fell dead. So God is very exact. Um, you may be asking, what does this have to do with me today? Yes, uh, it does. And that is why it's written and recorded to be an example for us today. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 records this. So this was to remind them. And as he kept his promise for them, he will keep his promises for us today. However, though the Israelites witnessed and experienced this for years, they were a stiff-necked people and did not believe and disobeyed. Whenever they disobeyed, Israel was struck with famine. Famine that would destroy. Famine that would destroy. Famine for destruction, uh, it's written. So if they followed and obeyed well the commands of God, then they would not be struck with famine famine but they had famine times of famine because they doubted and did not believe in the promises of God so as punishment for the wickedness um, it says he cut off their supply of food that because of their wickedness and disbelief they were struck with famine and cut off from supply of food as it's written in Ezekiel 5.16 because of their wickedness and unbelief. Now, in the midst of this, the, the, the curse, the calamities uh, that Israel was afflicted with continued. The reason why the history of Israel consisted of these afflictions was because of their wicked heart of not believing in the promise of God. God felt dishonored by this and so uh, struck them with these hardships and they lost their sovereignty. And with no sovereignty, they had no bread of their own as they were slaves. Now, while they were living like this, a prophet, Isaiah, made a prophecy saying, Why spend money on what is not bread? Isaiah 55.2 Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. So what it means here is that you labor and toil for what is not bread. That is not the true bread. The true bread I will give you. So let us turn to Isaiah 55, 2. Isaiah 55, 2. 
Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. So why are you working and laboring for what is not bread? Listen to me, and I will give you good food. Good food, not the food that the flesh eats and that satisfies the flesh. Not that, but a higher level food I will give you. And what is that food? What is the food that satisfies the soul and leads to eternal life? It is the word of God. Is what He will give. That's what he meant here. So finally, the word became flesh. The word became flesh. Now you can see how mechanical, logical, and scientific and uh, the Bible is. It just brings the shivers down your back. The things that were prophesied hundreds of years ago now make sense, and can you can make the connection. So you truly are blessed. You truly are blessed that I met a good teacher and I was taught the Bible well. I'm so thankful, and it just makes sense. You make all the connections here. Amen. So, what did Jesus say when he appeared before the temple? He said, "Destroy this temple." What was in the temple that he said to destroy it? What was in the temple? That in the temple was the name of Jehovah, and what else? The Ark of Covenant, and what else? The jar of manna. The manna was there to remind the、uh, people、uh, that he, he is God, who surely fulfills his promises, and his name is Jehovah. That,、uh, but however, now with Jesus coming, he was saying that this era has come to an end, and now I have come. That Jesus Christ came in the flesh. God came in flesh. God prepared the. Good spiritual food for the spirit to eat, and he finally appeared. So he said to eat his flesh. Does that mean that they're cannibals?、Uh, so Jehovah is the God of flesh, the God of Israel. If they kept his commands well, then their flesh would be blessed,、uh, blessed with、um, long life. However, now I have come. The Word came as flesh. God came as flesh, spirit came as flesh. That in the spiritual body He came, and His flesh they must eat. So they would have to eat the Son of Man to live. Now, if they understood that, that that would have been great. Amen. So the bread that they must. Eat the food that they must eat is the food for the spirit, and it would not be by keeping the law, but by knowing the truth, the truth. And he would give the spiritual food, the food for the spirit. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Amen. So when he began his public life, he fasted for forty days, and the devil appeared before him and said. If you are the son of God, okay. Let's say you are the son of God, but you need to eat food. So turn the stones into bread and eat them. That tell these stones to become bread and eat. And what did Jesus say? He said, "It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God." 
So he overcame this uh, test, this temptation given by the uh, devil. John chapter 4, 14. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And John chapter 5, 39 regarding scriptures. That you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. And these are the very scriptures that testify about me. That you... So you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Why do you study the scriptures? So that you may have eternal life. You study these scriptures and these very scriptures testify about me. So if you want eternal life, say amen if you want eternal life. Then we must Find eternal life in the scriptures because the scriptures are written about who? About Jesus. Scriptures, Jesus, eternal life. Eternal life, scriptures, Jesus. The purpose of studying the scriptures is for eternal life. In order to receive eternal life, we have to know Jesus. Amen? So raise your hand if you have read through the entire Bible this month. Raise your hand high so that if there are any newcomers here, they can uh, see. Raise your hand high. Wow, you're surprised. A church where members, the whole, the whole church reads the entire Bible once through in a month is very impressive. Then when other pastors hear of this, they are really impressed and uh, they ask, what do you do, pastor, to have your members read through? Why? Because in the Bible, there is eternal life. And we are interested in gaining eternal life. And the Bible reminds us every day what eternal life is and why we need it. Amen. Hallelujah. And then in John chapter 6, 63, it says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. So what God wants to save is not the flesh, but the spirit. And it says here that my words are spirit and life. My words are spirit and life. Our language, the words that we speak is sound. It's breath. Uh, what is it? Uh, smell of garlic or kimchi. So people, so maybe we can't really tell, but people who have never smelled kimchi before, they may be like, wow, what a smell. So this is gas we exhale. But the word of God is spirit. Spirit and life. That spirit and life. That if we receive this word into our spirits, if we eat this word, then our spirit will come alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When all of Jesus' disciples uh, left, him Jesus said are you going to leave me too and what did Peter say Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life say loudly let me ask you church of Jesus members why do you come to the church of Jesus so again let me ask again 
So why Church of Jesus? So coming to Church of Jesus is difficult. And uh, I'm sorry, but from the beginning of the year to the end, there are so many things happening, so many gatherings, and there's no time to do other things. And you just, it's hard. I'm, I'm sorry. But the words of eternal life are here to where shall we go? Important. Amen. Let us be blessed with hearing the words of eternal life here. The fact that we can at least hear uh, the words, we are grateful because the word is spiritual. So there are so many other words out there that are worldly, secular, uh, uh, philosophical. But the word that we preach here is from the Bible. So it is all spiritual. Amen. Now, when we hear the spiritual word, so we hear this word, let the ears that hear be blessed. Amen. But it must not just end with hearing with these physical ears, but our spiritual ears have to hear. So how do we know that our spiritual ears have heard the word of God? How do we know that the ears of our spirit have heard the word of God and gives life to our spirits? How? When we obey the word. So John chapter 12, 50 so this is a very important, very, very important word. 1250, I know that his command leads to eternal life. Again, I know that his command leads to eternal life. Say amen if you want eternal life. Then we have to know the words of God, the words of Jesus Christ, the words of God, the words of Jesus Christ we have to hear and it does not end with just hearing but we have to receive it as a command and when we obey that leads to eternal life are you sure of this and so this has to be common knowledge for us logical and common knowledge so what Jesus said in John 6:51 I am the living bread that came down from heaven Whoever eats this bread will live forever. That I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The living bread, the body of Jesus. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. This word we hear every week. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. And now uh, verse 55. It explains this. That. So the flesh of so for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. This is the flesh of Jesus is the life of Jesus, the life that came from tearing his flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. So whoever eats his flesh is righteous. And the, so the ones who eat the flesh of Jesus Christ as their food is righteous. And the result of the righteous is eternal life. Matthew 25, 46 says this. The righteous to eternal life. The sinners to eternal punishment. The righteous to eternal life. The sinners to eternal punishment. The sinners are those who do not eat this food. That they may say, wow, looks good, looks good. But they don't eat it because they're already full. So it does not just end with hearing and being touched by the word, but you have to put it into action to strike your flesh and submit. Amen. So now you 
can imagine those who were the self-proclaimed righteous at the time how much they hated Jesus and wanted to kill him even. So they stole Jesus and he Jesus was led to his death and as he died what did he say? He said it is finished. What did he finish? He died according to the father's command meaning that he ate the bread the food that the father gave him. The death of Jesus on the cross was considering and taking the command of the Father as his last bread and obeying unto death. That he took his last bread and died on the cross and he said, it is finished. Now what's left is eternal life. So he said that uh, no one takes it from me, but that I lay down of my own accord. I no. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Amen. For he knew that he would be raised back up again. He took the command of the father and ate it as his last bread and died. And with his death, he condemned the devil, the ruler of death. He judged the devil and he also redeemed the sins of mankind and set them free set mankind free from sin and death romans 8 1 therefore so they were set free from the law of sin and death that mankind sinned and sin entered them so they were responsible to pay the price of sin bound to hell however with the jesus christ dying on the cross he paid the price of sin on mankind's behalf and died in their place setting them free from sin and death and the blood that he shed what blood is that it is the redeeming blood the redeeming blood the blood of redemption he paid the price of sin of the sinners gave them life and now with this life they would be led to enter eternal life and this is the work that he completed and after he died he died and the father raised him back up and he ascended to heaven and he sits on the throne as the Lord of life. The Lord of life who sits on the throne and from the throne flows the water of the river of life as it's recorded in Re Revelations 22.1. That flowing that the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And what is that? It is the gospel of life the news of jesus's blood the news that jesus came in the flesh and to this day the holy spirit testifies to that now through the holy spirit of life we can hear the word receive the word and his blood which in turn makes our soul alive my soul is alive is alive yes because we are alive living what do we need we need bread food so you don't need food? That if we didn't, then wouldn't that be so easy? Because we need bread, because we need food is why the faith life is difficult. So therefore we have to receive his word as command. I know that his command leads to eternal life. Amen. So now about church life, spiritual life, spiritual life, church life. The church life. So the church is a 
is a flock of believers. That we are the flock, more than two, three, gathered together as a flock, headed towards somewhere. Where are we headed towards? Towards the promised land. It is not the land of Canaan, but it is to the Father's house, heaven, the kingdom of heaven. We are a flock headed towards the Father's house together. And this is the desert life, the desert life, the desert life. Do you want a taste of the desert life? So we have to understand and read the Bible to understand how hard it must have been for the Israelites. That uh, they got water from striking the rocks and had to follow God's instructions. Go, um, and when they were provided food, it was manna that came down initially they rejoiced and ate but one year one day two days one year ten years just imagine how sick and tired they got of it as it was the same food same flavor every day and so at the time they thought that it would be better to just die and there were people who died they so they complained and they died they didn't have meat, but when they did uh, have meat, they fell dead. So they lived in an environment, a very harsh environment where it was not suitable for man to live. And they, so they, they didn't labor but, or work, but every day they had to walk. Today we walk and tomorrow we walk, uh, following the pillars of fire and cloud. For if they didn't follow, then they would not have food. They would not have water. So they had to follow. So it was really hard. They complained and grumbled about the difficult, rough path. And it records that in the wilderness, they tested God 10 times. And each time, they they fell dead. So when they first left Egypt, there was about 600,000, 700,000 uh, men with wives and children, it was uh, then a total of about 2 million people who left Egypt. And after the end of the 40 years in the wilderness, however, there were only two from the older generation that crossed the Jordan. So it's a one out of one million chance to survive and enter the promised land. So of us here today, if we are 2 million, then only two of us can make it. Look around. Who do you think will make it? So there's no point in smiling at me now. No point. In the eyes of God. So this is not a joke. It will happen as is. That he said, will the Son of Man find faith on earth? When Jesus returns, will he find faith on earth? This is the truth. That when he comes those who listen to his words knowing that they are life and spirit and eternal life receiving it as command and obeying until the end until we eat the new bread until we cross the jordan river and enter the kingdom of heaven to eat the new bread there until then we have to eat this bread so today we have to make a very important decision should i keep coming to the church of jesus or call it quits 
Should I keep coming to the church of Jesus? We are not to just blindly follow, thinking that it'll work out well in the end. No, you have to understand the Bible as it's written. Understand and follow as it's written. Amen. So let us be clear again on what our purpose is. What is the purpose of believing in Jesus? It is eternal life. Eternal life is the purpose of life that cannot change. And now in order to achieve that purpose, you must set a goal. So in order to achieve the purpose, you need to make a goal or benchmark. For example, if you want to make a nation wealthy and strong, every year the nation may make attainable benchmarks or goals. So like in Korea in the past, in order to escape poverty and grow the nation, there was a 10-year agenda which included a goal to export um, a large amount. So I was there in Korea at the time and the goal of our country was to reach one billion dollars a billion dollars in exports so that was the goal that we wanted to reach so likewise we have to be clear on what our purpose is and what is the purpose of coming to church to become a nice person good refined and cultured person no well, yes, those are good characteristics we want to obtain as they may help with achieving the purpose. But that is not the purpose, though. What is the purpose? It is eternal life. What is the reason we must have eternal life? Why? Why do you want eternal life? Because if it is, if it is not eternal life, then it is eternal condemnation. If not eternal life, it is eternal condemnation. It's hell. That if we do not make it to heaven, it's hell bound. And we have to be clear on this so that we do all that we can to achieve this purpose. Amen. So in order to achieve this purpose, we have to set our purpose clearly, which is eternal life. So purpose is eternal life. And the goal is the resurrection to life, the first resurrection. So on the day our Lord Jesus Christ returns to be raptured and lifted up into the air, to enter the banquet in the air, to enter there is the first resurrection. That has to be our goal. And if we reach that goal, we can enter the kingdom of eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, therefore, the things that hinder us from getting there, we have to organize. We must be prepared to prepare yourself to get there. And one step, the first step to enter the kingdom of eternal life is, of course, being baptized. In 1 Corinthians 10, 1 onwards, it describes the process. That first, it talks about how our ancestors passed through the Red Sea and they were all baptized into Moses. And now when you enter the wilderness, can you enter when you have a lot of heavy baggage? So when people are taking refuge they take their belongings such as toothbrushes toiletries their their food their valuables um, blocks of gold do blocks of gold have any use in the wilderness it's just baggage so we must lay down no to leave your home your brother sisters mother father children or fields that all the things that may be, be beneficial for the flesh, you lay them all 
down. And if you lay down, then you will receive a hundred times in this present age and eternal life in the age to come. So let us look at Mark 10, verse 29. Jesus, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Hallelujah! Do you need eternal life? What does it say to leave behind here? The things that we need to leave behind are things that hinder us. We have to pass through the wilderness, the desert life, and these are the things that may deter us. That, so if they are of no help, then we must leave behind from the start, not along the way, but from the get-go, you have to lay these down. Now you may say, oh, but I am thankful as I was able to do this. I'm so thankful that I overcame this difficult step. So here in the verse, it uses the double negative that no one who has left home or brothers will receive will fail to receive and this is to strongly emphasize that you are guaranteed eternal life that you will surely receive eternal life the things that are beneficial to my flesh if it's brother home fields these things may benefit us in the present age but not in the age to come not beneficial for eternal life hallelujah so we must prepare in this way and follow also to follow him we must carry the cross he said whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me so denying self-denial what you want to do your dreams your hopes ambitions you deny them you lay them down and then the cross you have to take up the cross is suffering it's painful it's lonely but we take up our cross and Follow him. And if we do that, then we will gain eternal life. Hallelujah. So the desert life. The, the desert life. How can we successfully complete this desert life? This wilderness life? What we must not forget is that the church life, spiritual life, is the desert life. That if we resolve to pass through the desert life and finish it then we will surely gain eternal life however if you are here immaturely thinking now wow it's fun here with lots of friends and lots of events going on and everyone is loving and caring if that is the reason you're coming here then you are bound to be resentful and turn back at some point the problem as i mentioned before what was the most difficult test in the desert? Yes, the difficulties of the flesh was, was difficult, but more than that, it was their desire to want to return to Egypt. They thought it would have been better to stay in Egypt. Let's go back. So in our faith life, spiritual, church, the desert life, what is the biggest temptation for us? Deacons of other churches go on vacations as they wish and even attend drinking parties. But why can't we in our church? So-and-so are deacons at their church and they hit the lottery and so-and-so and do uh, such and such. But at our church, we are so limited. You may have these resentments and complaints. 
now such thinking is the same as that of the Israelites who wanted to go back to Egypt the fact that they were unable to let go of the world the and the fact that you are thinking this is because you have not yet cut off ties with the world interest in the world and if you are still concerned about what to eat and drink he said not to worry about the, these things do not worry about what to eat and drink for these are the concerns of the worldly people he said I will feed you I will take care of you isn't that what he said the one who fed the Israelites for 40 years in the desert would our father not feed us then amen so when we look at the Bible and learn what the desert life was like, that God fed them until the end, until they crossed the Jordan, until they were able to eat the produce of the land, God provided them with manna. God will take care of us, take care of what we need to eat for the rest of our lives. However, he will not give it to us all at once. How will he give it to us? He will provide daily, daily, every day. Do you have any complaints? You must not. That's just how it is. You cannot complain. That's the principle shown in the Bible. So I will be content with daily bread. And for daily bread, you don't just open your mouth and say, ah, we have to work with our hands to eat that bread. So now you may say and think, oh, then the Israelites had it better because at least they didn't have to work. All they did was follow as instructed. However, the reward they would be given was for the flesh, the promised land for the flesh. But for us, what is promised for our spirits is eternal life. So what is eternal life? Think about it. What is eternal life that it demands so much from us? It demands us to lay down our wife, our children, houses, family, fields, life, my joy, and my everything. What is eternal life? Doesn't this make you angry? Don't you want... So what, so what is eternal life that requires this of us? And you will know when you arrive there on that day, that on that day, with faith, we look forward to that day. With faith, we can look forward to heaven, the Father's house. With faith, we can endure. And with faith, we can overcome. I will not turn back from this path no matter what. That I will finish this path at all costs. That even if I have to lay down everything and leave everything, I will make it there no matter what. Let us be resolved to do this. And let us all be those who see the substance of what that eternal life is on that day. Let us pray. So now if you've understood this word, you may have had many ambitions and, and dreams and uh, plan and now you may think and regret this is not why i want to believe in jesus that you're too much god how could you do this but that but for this for eternal life he would send his son to die on the cross and tear his flesh and pour out his blood for us to drink so let us think deeply let us pray 